Hi moms, welcome back to Mother of the Year. This is Andrea here, the host of the show that is intended for the perfectly imperfect moms out there. This week's episode was inspired by a friend's Instagram post. The post was just a picture of a saying and it said how to be successful. Focus on your own stuff. Except for it didn't say stuff. I think you can probably figure that out. But seeing that really resonated with me. When I became a mom almost three years ago, looking at social media just about threw me into full-blown postpartum depression. Just like everybody else, I'm on social media. I follow friends. I follow acquaintances. I follow frenemies. I just like to look at social media and kind of stay on top of what's going on in people's lives. And I feel like social media used to be a series of status updates, and now it's mostly just become pictures. And, you know, when I was thinking about becoming a mom, I love to look at people's pictures of their kids, their families, stuff that they would do together, and it really had me convinced that motherhood was going to be this easy, fluffy, beautiful, wonderful thing all the time. And when my daughter was born, I was completely shocked. You know, I was just like every other typical mom out there. When I found out I was having a girl, I started collecting all of these cute little outfits. And it didn't take very long after she was born for me to realize these little outfits really weren't going to happen. But you know what? Let's crawl before we walk. Do you like my little child pun there for you? I am recording this podcast the day after everyone's social media nightmare. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. I swear, the internet must probably break every Valentine's Day because people rush to their computers, rush to their cell phones to share pictures of the amazing gifts that they got for Valentine's Day, the amazing gifts that they got for their children on Valentine's Day, and it can be pretty hard if your day wasn't as great. I mean, imagine if you're single or imagine if you're recently gone through a breakup or imagine if you're married but you're contemplating divorce. How hard must Valentine's Day be? So let me share with you a little bit about my Valentine's Day that I had. First of all, we've been having major problems lately with my daughter at preschool Again, she's going to be three, and sometimes I wonder if I'm raising a serial killer. She is so cute. She is so hilarious. But this child has the temper of a werewolf. If there was a full moon and she was sprouting hair all over her body, she can go completely nuts. So lately, she's been back to her old habit of hitting, kicking, spitting, and the saddest part is it's her and this one boy. And I swear this little boy is like her best friend 
and I guess her worst enemy? I don't know. But my daughter, I feel like, is becoming a bully to this kid. And I feel terrible because as a teacher, I don't want my kid to be a bully. I just don't know what to do. She's going to be three in a month. So in my mind, I've already accepted that she's pretty much three. And so is this typical behavior? Is this not typical behavior? What do I do? So my husband and I are just kind of at a loss and just taking it day by day. And, you know, we're not parenting experts, nor do we have the time or energy to read books on parenting. That's what I probably should be doing. But let's be real. If I have five minutes to myself, I don't really feel like reading a parenting book. Anywho, so the day before Valentine's Day, it was Monday, so first day back after a weekend. She'd had kind of a rough week last week, and we had a pretty good weekend, so I was thinking, okay, you know, everything's going to turn around this week. We pumped her up. We got her ready, and when I showed up, her teacher told me, no, not only had she hit the same kid, but at one point... She pushed him down, got on top of him, and was hitting him. What do you do in that case? I was so embarrassed. I was mortified. Like, you can't help but feel like, is the teacher looking at you? Like, do you spank your kid? Do you hit your kid? Like, why is your kid so violent? Why is she so angry? And so I just kind of stand there so uncomfortable and apologize and just super sheepish. And so the teacher told my daughter to go up to the little boy and say she was sorry. And so she went up to him and she said, you know, so-and-so, I'm sorry. And he didn't respond. His back was to her. And so the teacher told him, turn around. She wants to say sorry. So he was a little bit confused because he's a little kid as well. And so he turned around and he said he was sorry. Well, that threw my daughter into a tailspin. She starts screaming, no, i sorry. And I was just looking around like, Ugh, is anybody else uncomfortable? And so I just, you know, I said to her, hey, it's okay. We, we don't need to get so upset. He didn't understand. And at that point, it was just like, can we just go, please? And so I take my daughter home, and I didn't know, but my husband was already home from work. So we walk in the door, and I see him. There's hope in his eyes, like, did she have a good day? And I have to be the one to break the news. No, she did not have a good day. And we were both so disappointed, and so my husband told her, okay, well, you didn't have a good day, so you know what that means, no TV. And so I just kind of was like, yeah, I agree, no TV. And uh, my nine-month-old baby was also particularly fussy. He's been super attached lately, and so he's climbing all over me, and now my daughter's crying because she's not going to get to watch TV, which, P.S., side note, we don't watch TV all day, every day, but it's like she just likes the idea that she can watch TV if she wants to. And let's be real, it's a lot easier making dinner if my child is watching television, all right? So, anywho, so we tell her no TV. She's all upset. She's crying. The baby's fussy. And then my husband's like, um, are you good? And I was like, huh? He's like, oh, I'm going to go get a haircut. Is that cool? Well, the day before, I was teasing him that he needed a haircut. So I needed to let him go get a haircut. But I was also like, 
dude, now you're going to leave me here with two fussy kids and I can't put on TV? So I was a little bit frustrated. Now, the next day was going to be Valentine's Day, and I had reached out to the teacher over the weekend to ask if the kids were going to bring Valentine's to the preschool. And she had told me that they weren't. Well, when I picked up my kids that day, she let me know that a lot of the parents had mentioned that they had bought Valentine's. So she's like, so we are going to do Valentine's tomorrow. So she mentioned she had bought an extra box of Valentine's and that my daughter could use those if we wanted. They're just so amazing. But I told her, no, we'll go get some Valentine's. And I was like, ugh, I'm going to have to go take my two kids to Target where there's just candy everywhere right now. It's going to be so fun. So when I got home and saw my husband was there and then he mentioned he was going to go get a haircut, I told him about the Valentine's and he offered to go pick up Valentine's. And even though I didn't want to be alone with the two kids, I just was like, you know what, that would make things easier. So that was sweet. Then he disappears for about an hour and a half. And here I am, two fussy kids, no TV. So I'm trying to like turn the mood around. So I tell my daughter, why don't you go grab some puzzles? We must have done about 15 puzzles, read five books, and then Ing walks daddy. The night goes on as usual. So the next morning's Valentine's Day. So he cannot keep a secret. So I already knew he got me a card, which I was glad because you never know. Like, is someone going to forget? And uh, I'll share my forgetting experience with my husband later. But uh, so I knew he had a card. And then he had also hinted, because again, he can't keep a secret, that he had got me a present. So I was a little bit like, uh, because I had gotten him a card, but I didn't get him a present. So I was a little bit nervous. I hoped he wasn't going to be disappointed. But uh, so the next morning, I left the card by his keys. So he found his card and he's like, does this mean we're doing cards and presents now? And I was like, we're doing cards because I didn't get you a present. Oh, P.S. Besides your children. So anywho, so he, he hides my gift behind his back. I had no idea what it was. He wanted me to guess and I refused because you never want to guess something that it's not and then they think you're disappointed. So I refused to guess. And so then he presents me with one of the most amazing surprises he's ever given me. My engagement ring wasn't a surprise. Um, I recently added to my wedding band. That wasn't a surprise. We kind of picked that out together. And so he had gone to the trouble of contacting his brother who had taken pictures of us over the holidays. He ordered one of the pictures from Costco, which means he had to go to Costco to pick it up. He went to Michael's. He picked out a frame. He picked out matting. So he made this beautiful picture of our family in this beautiful frame and just the thought that he actually had to order the picture, get the frame, get the matting, put it all together, I was in disbelief. It's like I wanted to cry because that's how happy I was, but I couldn't cry because I was so shocked. And he told me last night that he's realizing it doesn't take much to make me happy, which is so true. It doesn't. It's like it's the little things that count. And I actually took a picture of the frame 
And I had thought about posting it on my social media because I was so, it wasn't like a bragging thing. It was just like this moment of like how communicating in your relationship can make such a difference because I've tried to tell my husband this is our ninth Valentine's together. So next year will be 10 years. And there probably has been times that I've been a little bit disappointed in the past, whether it was me going with him to get me a card or something like that. But it's just, it makes me so happy to see his growth in our relationship and his growth as a husband and his growth growth as a father. And, you know, I didn't end up posting the picture. I didn't want to be another person who was humble bragging. And it made me a little bit sad because I did want to share it because I was so happy and I was so touched. But was it going to seem insincere? Was it going to seem like, you know, my marriage is so perfect. Look at this gift that he got me. And so I didn't post it. And, you know, it's kind of brought me to this whole idea for this podcast is it's like I never want to project an image that my life is something that it's not because – Every day is a struggle. You know, I think maybe once in a blue moon I go to bed and I think, you know, today was a great day. And that's not meant to sound sad because, of course, I love my life and blah, blah, blah. But I do feel like so much of the time I'm, like, taking sighs. Like, you know, my mom recently joked, like, if she had a nickel for every time I said I was tired. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so sad. You know, or last night we were getting the kids ready for the bath and we have this little like knee mat and like I crouched, you know, knelt down on the mat and I was like, oh, there's cold water on the mat. And then I put the baby in the tub and I was like, oh, babe, this water's a little bit hot because he had run the bath. And then he's like, well, maybe you can pour in the cold water from the mat into the tub. And like I wanted to laugh, but then I was like, oh, was that a dig? And then I realized, like, wow, I probably sound like I'm complaining a lot. But that's just, like, life right now. You know, we're in it. We're in it right now. But let's bring it back to this whole social media thing. So Valentine's Day is, like, the perfect time to talk about how social media can make you feel sad. Because all day long I was seeing roses, flowers, jewelry, cards, all of these things that, must just make people feel pretty crappy and it's like I think back to that picture my husband gave me like that really was a moment that I was truly happy and I wanted to share that happiness but why why did I need to share that you know can't I just be content in my own happiness I mean we definitely live in a world now of oversharing whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, people share everything. People share what they're eating, what they're doing, what they're wearing. It's crazy. And so I definitely find myself falling into that habit of oversharing. Now, when I became pregnant, just like everybody else, I was obsessed with social media and looking at pictures of everyone and their cute kids and it set me up for these unrealistic expectations. So let's talk about how social media almost threw me into legit postpartum depression. Um, Just like every other woman who's 
I mean, I can't speak for every woman. I shouldn't generalize. But let's just say most women, when they find out they're having a girl, they start envisioning cute outfits and bows and ribbons. And now with websites like Etsy and Pinterest, you can just become inundated with these images of little baby girls and these perfect little outfits that they wear. And so I had a few outfits picked out that I was so excited to dress up my baby girl in. And I never had luck with that. Every single thing I ever put her in, she seemed so uncomfortable or she would spit up and trying to get the dang onesie over her head without her having a complete meltdown. I found out that in the end, I just kept kind of putting her in the same onesies. The comfortable cotton, Gerber, Carter's, Jumping Bean, whatever onesies that I knew she would be comfortable in. Because I just couldn't imagine making my daughter any more miserable than she already was. I mean, she already spent so much of the day crying. If I could do anything to make my life a little easier, I would. And, you know, I follow some people on social media where they'll post these pictures of their babies. Not just their kids, but their babies in these super duper cute outfits. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you get them to like pose long enough? How do you get them not to rip that bow out of their hair? Like any single thing that would touch my daughter's head, she would automatically pull it off. So frustrating. I wanted to have those cute pictures too. I mean, I feel like even when you go to the store where they sell kids clothes, it's false advertising. If you look, they have these baby mannequins. So like the mannequin will be wearing something that's meant for like a nine-month-old or a six-month-old. And the mannequin is standing. A six-month-old is not standing and posing. A six-month-old is either a blob on the ground or possibly crawling. I mean, I had to explain that to my husband this weekend because we went on a little shopping spree for the kids, which was fun. And P.S., my husband definitely shops more for the kids than I do. It's adorable. And he picked out these little train conductor-style overalls for our nine-month-old. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting these. You can't say no. And I was like, babe, he's not even walking yet. He's going to be crawling in overalls. Is he going to be comfortable? Are the little straps going to be falling every five seconds? And he just didn't get that. Because you see the overalls on the mannequin that's standing. And you're like, oh my gosh, this little tiny body in overalls, it's so cute. But in reality, it's not functionable. Your child is not going to be able to easily navigate this world that they're just learning how to navigate in. I guess some people just either have it more together in that way or their kid looking really cute is more of a priority. I'm all about comfort. I'm all about making my life a little bit easier. That's why I probably haven't worn high heels in who knows how long. If I'm not wearing Converse, I'm wearing flat boots or sandals because I'm all about being able to function through life and make my life easier in any way possible. So I just remember looking at social media pregnant and seeing kids in these really cute outfits and I couldn't pull it off. I definitely could not pull it off. Another thing that I saw on social media were all these images of people 
either breastfeeding or lying in their bed, co-sleeping with their child. And when my daughter joined the world and all she wanted to do was scream 24-7, you can't help but wonder, like, what the heck is wrong with my baby? Why is she so unhappy all the time? And I guess I just needed to see more images of people struggling. I needed to see more images of moms with no makeup, moms with spit up all over their clothes, moms with not the cute messy bun, like the cute fashion blogger messy bun, the actual messy bun, like let me just get all my hair off my face, up over my head so that my baby can't grab a handful of it when I'm trying to change his diaper or feed him. You know, I guess just a little bit more reality. If you don't already follow my Instagram, you can find me at Mother of the Year Podcast. And I try to share those real life moments because, you know, when I did have my daughter, my first, and life wasn't like what I saw on Facebook and Instagram, I, it just about broke me. There were days that I would just cry and I would scroll through Facebook or I'd scroll through Instagram and I would just cry because these other moms just seemed like they had it all together. Their babies were perfect. They were perfect. They were out traveling the world. Can we talk about that for a moment? I see pictures of people traveling the world with their children, their babies, their toddlers. I don't know how they do it. I took one trip with my daughter when she was 15 months old. We went to Canada to see my family because that's where I'm from. And I mean, it just about killed me. When I finally came back and did that last flight, I looked like a shell of a human being. She had just started walking, so she was 15 months. She was kind of a late walker, which was surprising because she had been standing for like independently for a really long time, but she's stubborn, so she didn't start walking until she was about 15 months, and then I swear within a couple weeks, we were taking this big trip together, just the two of us, and so of course, like, she had just started walking. She didn't want to sit in a seat on an airplane. No way. She wants to be down walking, so I'm trying to, like, have that internal battle where I have to think like is it gonna annoy people if I let my one-year-old walk up and down the aisles are they gonna think it's cute like how are people gonna respond so there were some moments where I did kind of let her walk up and down and you know my daughter's always been very social so she would say hi to people she would like touch people's arms as we went down the aisle and again you never know if people think it's cute or if they think it's annoying So then I would try to take her to sit in the seat with me on the airplane and she would freak out. She would do that squirm and she would squeal and she would walk down and it was torture. I remember one of the flights, I sat next to this guy who was probably like mid-20s and he looked like he made that decision, I'm never going to have kids after sitting next to me and my daughter and I don't blame him. Not even a little. Sometimes I wonder if I want kids. So right now, uh, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but I know someone that I follow through social media that is 
in Europe with her baby. I mean, maybe he's about 18 months? I'm not quite sure how close he is to a year and a half, if he's even a year and a half. And they post these pictures of him with the Leaning Tower of Pizza. They post pictures of him in Spain at the Colosseum. Wait, the Colosseum's not in Spain. But they were in Spain. And then they were in Rome. See, I'm not a total idiot. I know the Colosseum is not in Spain. I could edit that out if I want to, but I'm not gonna. But anyways, they have all these pictures of him traveling the world. I think like six months ago, they were in India. They were in India! How is this possible with a baby? What about nap time? What about, like, sleeping at night? How is this possible? It's just insane. And so I actually commented on one of her pictures, and I was like, I have to know how you do this with a baby. And she wrote me back, and she said she just kind of wings it and hopes for the best. Now, I did see in future pictures that she's there with, I think it's her parents and a couple other friends. So I'm pretty sure that she has help. But when I think about someone doing it alone, that is just mind-blowing. I even have a friend who is a pretty awesome chick. She rode her bike from Southern California all the way to the tip of South America, I'm pretty sure. And so she is back now in the U.S., but she has a baby. And her plan is to kind of throw that baby on the bike with her. And I'm pretty sure she wants to travel the world again with this baby. And I'm just fascinated. How? How is it possible? Some people, they're just like superheroes. Am I just a total loser that I can't even handle my kids within the comfort of my own home? Or am I normal? I hope I'm normal because there are so many times when I'm just home with my kids on the weekend, home from work, and I'm just like, I'm, I suck at this. I'm not good at this. I'm not a good mom. I'm a decent wife. But why can't I handle this better? You know, I've been good at most things in my life. I've gotten good grades. I've always, I've never been fired from a job. I've always made decent money. And I just, why is being a mom so hard for me? I don't get it. You know, another thing that's so hard on social media is seeing people enjoying life without kids. People that, they don't have kids. I have a friend right now that I follow that is in Bali for a month just exploring life in Bali for a month and I'm so envious. I'm so envious of so many things. I'm envious of sleep. I'm envious at the freedom of walking out of your room out onto the street and not knowing where the day is going to take you. I know where every day is going to take me. I mean, of course, like there could be surprises. Like I could get a phone call right now that one of my kids is sick or hurt and then who knows where that could go. But my days are so much the same. I get up you know, if it's a day that I'm going to wash my hair, I get up, get in the shower, then I get my son. If it's a day that I'm not going to wash my hair, I get up, get my son. Make I always make the coffee first so that when I come out from changing his diaper, I can pour a cup of coffee. You know, then I go to work and then I come home. I pick up the kids. I try to make dinner. We eat dinner, bathe the kids, put the kids to bed. It's just like the same thing 
every day. And I don't know what it's like to feel free. I don't. You know, like my life for the foreseeable future is planned out. And, you know, obviously, again, I have to say morally, ethically, legally, I love my life. I love my kids. But I just, I I do miss that freedom sometimes of not knowing where I'm going to be. You know, it's crazy to think back in the day, like, gosh, how old am I? I guess it would be almost 15 years ago. You know, I was trying to be an actress in L.A. and was a failed actress. So obviously I didn't get any of the jobs that I went out for. But what if I had? You know, would I be living in L.A. still? Would I have moved to New York? Obviously, I wouldn't have met my husband. Obviously, I wouldn't have had my kids. But it's so crazy to think about how things could have turned out differently. There are times, you know, someone else that I follow on social media, it seems like she's always going to Hawaii. And there's just these pictures of her having a cup of coffee on the beach, her toes in the water, the sun in her hair. And I'm just like, how? How is that like? I just have to remind myself that those people that don't have kids, maybe they want kids. Maybe they want to be married. Maybe they want to be settled down and that just hasn't been in the cards for them yet. Maybe they're looking at my pictures of my kids and they're jealous of me. They're envious of me. It is so frustrating how social media can just make us absolutely nuts. You know, can we be content with what we have or is the grass always greener on the other side? I recently came across this article, of course, on Facebook that basically said, if you want to be happy in your marriage or if you want to be happy in your relationship, you need to focus on it. Instead of wondering what if or is the grass greener on the other side, if you focus on what you have, you will be happy. So I need to make sure that I'm trying to do that because, you know, I'm the mom. You hear so many oftentimes that, you know, people go through divorce or that they, you know, decide not to stay together and the kids are with the mom. You know, they're not most of the time off with the dad. So I need to focus on what I need because no matter what, I'm not going to ever have that freedom back unless I want to be a terrible person, shave my head, and pull a gone girl. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. So this is my lot in life. So instead of focusing on being negative, I need to just stay as positive as I can. And I've talked about this before, but I think what that requires every now and then is a social media cleanse. I shared at the very beginning of this podcast that it kind of stemmed from that post that my friend made um, right at the beginning of the new year where she said, how to be successful, focus on your own stuff. And she actually left social media for a month. A month. Obviously, that's not very long. But it's so hard not to be addicted to seeing what's going on in people's lives. Especially when you're a new mom and you're home with that baby, oftentimes alone. It's just you and the baby. And this baby, for the longest time, can't really interact with you. 
So when you're spending hours upon hours with this baby and everyone else you know is at work or just attending to their own lives, what do you do? You find yourself on social media. And when you're already hormonal and down in the dumps, it can really just push you over the edge. Not even just social media, but just kind of the internet in general. I remember Googling everything. Like, all I wanted to do was figure out why the heck my daughter was crying all the time. And ultimately, there really was no answer. Even if she had colic, which people have questioned, it doesn't even really matter if you say, yeah, she has colic, because there's no solution for colic. You just have to suck it up and realize your life's going to suck for a few months. So I would look up everything. You know what? Let me pull out my phone right now. Let me see if I have any saved bookmarks. All right, I'm going to pause this real quick. So I guess I deleted most things or I didn't bookmark a lot. But one thing I did find on my bookmarks in my phone was how to get my breastfed baby to take a bottle. That was one of the many challenges that I faced with my daughter. She refused to take a bottle. I think we tried at least 10 different bottles. And I remember people telling me, when she's hungry, she'll eat. But when you're listening to that scream for the millionth time, it's kind of hard to convince yourself of that. So I just remember Googling everything. I remember even reaching out to the La Leche League. If you don't know who they are, they're a group of women that are kind of like gurus when it comes to breastfeeding. But I remember out of sheer desperation because my daughter, she would latch and then she would pull off and scream and breast milk would just spray everywhere and it was painful for me and very upsetting because I felt like I was torturing my daughter when I'm just trying to, you know, feed her. And so I, I googled La Leche League, I found someone's email, I emailed them and God bless whoever wrote me back, but they wrote me this beautiful email and it was so eloquent. And I don't know if they copy and paste and sub in the name to change it and they send this same email to everyone. But it basically just told me in this beautiful way that my daughter was normal. And that even though the crying and the screaming is so maddening, just take comfort in the fact that you are experiencing what millions of women in your situation have experienced. I mean, I think this goes back to adolescence. We all want to feel normal. None of us want to feel different or weird or strange. And so I think even as a mom, like if you're struggling you don't want to feel like something is wrong with you. You want to feel like you're okay. And even if you're struggling, you're okay. I saw, actually I saw it posted twice. I saw Huffington Post parents post it. And then I think I saw Pop Sugar moms post it. But it was this article. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on one sec. And I'm back. Uh, sorry to keep pausing it, but I want to share these specific things with you so that you can go and if you're interested in reading it, you can find it. It originally actually, I guess, was Pop Sugar Celebrity that posted it, but it's an article called The Major Difference Between Social Media and Reality According to One 
exhausted mom. And the quote that they have in the headline, it says, just in case you thought my real life was anything like these tiny squares, I give you this is four months. And then she kind of shares her struggles. It really is so true. You only see these little snapshots of someone's life. And when you're struggling or when you're sad or down in the dumps, these little perfect moments are enough to just really push you over the edge. So I am 1,000% behind this movement of moms being real and putting their feelings out there. I feel like when I started this journey three years ago, it wasn't really like that. It wasn't. I think Facebook, and I, I wasn't even on Instagram until later, but Facebook was kind of still this thing of projecting an image of yourself instead of really sharing how things are. Um, this May, I will have been married for six years, but I will even say six years ago, I was desperate to get married. I was, I mean, everybody in my life that I was following on social media was getting married. So, I mean, my husband and I are happy, but I think I pressured him to get married. I think we would have eventually gotten married, but I just felt like that's what everybody else was doing on my social media feed. So suck it up, buttercup, let's get married. And um, I'm pretty sure that's how it is with people having kids too. Like they see everybody on their social media feed having kids. So they think, okay, I better, you know, clock's ticking, especially for us women. And uh, I'm turning 35 in a couple of months. And so you hear, you're like conditioned to know, okay, it's dangerous to have kids after the age of 35. But that's in some cases because then you hear about women 41, 42 having babies and their babies are fine. So I'm just like so over this social media nonsense. And I just want to encourage women to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you know what? I've made a decision I share the bad, I share the ugly, but I need to share the good too. So I am going to share the picture that my husband gave me for Valentine's Day because I can't just share the negative. I need to share the positive too. I need to, to um, follow my own advice. So you know what? I don't want to just encourage mom to share their struggles. I want you to share your triumphs as well because there are triumphs. I think for every negative thing that happens, something great happens as well. I'm feeling inspired. Before I wrap this up, I do want to share one more thought that I have about this whole social media madness. I've kind of made a realization that social media, it's versions of the truth. These moments really did happen. You can't take that away. That little adorable smile that somebody caught, that cute outfit that they wore, unless they're a master of Photoshop, which I don't think is what's happening, those moments really did happen. This picture that I'm going to share on my Mother of the Year podcast Instagram account, we're going to look like the perfect family. I don't usually share pictures of my kids, but for the sake of what we just discussed, I'm going to share this picture, and we're going to look like the all-American family. 
But what you won't see is that we were chasing my daughter around trying to get her to pose for this picture. You can see me holding her hands in this picture because I'm literally holding her still so that she'll stay still. All she wanted to do was run up and down the hill that we were standing on. But the moment that our photographer caught really did happen. All four of us were looking at the camera. We were ready to go. So that's the truth. But it's the version of the truth that you're seeing. Another example that I know is on my Mother of the Year podcast Instagram is there was a, mo a morning that I was making eggs for breakfast and I was editing a video for work. And I was doing that. I was making breakfast and I was editing a video. However, in the picture that I posted, you can see the stove, you can see the eggs, and right to the left of the stove was my computer that I was editing on. However, I am not dumb enough to fry eggs in hot oil right next to my laptop. Oil would splatter all over my laptop. So yes, I really was making breakfast and editing at the same time. However, my laptop was across the room. It's a version of the truth. So now when I kind of look at people's Instagram pictures or Facebook pictures, I try to kind of like make my own story of maybe what happened in that moment. And sometimes that can make me feel better. You know, if I'm finding myself so jealous of what someone is doing in that picture at that moment, I guess I try to like justify it in my own head of what else could be going on that I don't see. And you know what? Maybe that moment is as perfect as it looks in the picture. And that's just great for them. But I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Otherwise, I'm going to totally lose it. So I think maybe we'll just kind of wrap it up there because I think I'm starting to go off the deep end here. <laughs> but again, if you haven't already followed me on Instagram, please give me a follow at Mother of the Year Podcast. If you haven't subscribed for this podcast on iTunes yet, you can go ahead, go to iTunes and follow Mother of the Year podcast and give it a subscribe. If you would be so kind, please rate the podcast five stars and leave it a review. And moms, the struggle continues next week. Bye for now.